be with you, dear ones, this weekend. 这个周末能够与弟兄姊妹相聚，实在是何等的蒙福。Stella, Stella and I are very thankful for the gracious hospitality that we've experienced. 我姊妹 Stella 和我实在是感受到弟兄姊妹们的的招待。It's been a few years since we've been here. 我们已经有几年没有来过这里。And it's a joy to come in and see all these little babies around everywhere. 实在是何等的喜乐，特别看到这许多的婴孩在我们当中。And you're furthering the kingdom of God there. 实在我们在神的国度里面继续往前。And we pray they would all grow up to be serving the Lord in their generation. 在我们祷告说这些婴孩呢能够长大成为服侍主的一代。I'd like for us this morning to turn to Psalm 90. 我想今天早晨我们从翻到诗篇九十篇。Uh, this is a psalm written by Moses. This is Moses' written psalm, and it's a prayer. It's a prayer. And we're going to read verses twelve through fourteen. It's actually a precious psalm, and be wonderful if you went and studied the rest of the verses. We're limited by time this morning, so we can't look at the entire psalm. We'll be here till through the afternoon. 不然我们就要一通交通一直到下午。And I've learned to never keep Chinese from their lunch time. 那我也被教告诉说不能中国人一定要吃午饭。So we're just look at a few verses. 所以我们只能看几几节的经文。And maybe watch your appetite to look at the whole psalm. 但是愿你给给大家一个胃口来看整篇的诗篇。Verses twelve to fourteen. 十二到十四节。So teach us to number our days, that we may present to Thee a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord, how long will it be? And be sorry for Thy servants. O satisfy us in the morning with Thy loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. 求你指教我们怎样数算自己的日子，好叫我们得着智慧的心。耶和华啊，我们要等到几时呢？求你转回，为你的仆人后悔。求你使我们早早保得你的慈爱，好叫我们一生一世欢呼喜乐。Let's have another word of prayer. 我们有一点祷告。Lord, we thank you ever so much for the preciousness of gathering around your table. 主，我们感谢你何等的宝贵，我们能够聚集在你的桌子。And Lord, we're also thankful for Your Holy Spirit and Your living Word that You have given to us. Lord, we want to be those that come to appreciate Your Word in a fuller and greater way. Because we know You alone are the one that has those words of eternal life. There's so many competing words that come upon our lives in the days we live in. But we turn our hearts to you for that one thing that is necessary. That one thing that we look off unto. And it's beholding you and sitting at your feet. So we offer ourselves unto you during this time. And we open our hearts that you would have a great freedom and liberty to speak into all of our lives. That we would be equipped to be the people of God that you're calling us to be in this hour. For thy name's sake and for thy glory we pray. Amen. As we look upon these verses here, Moses says, "Teach us to number our days." Moses 说教导我们怎样数算自己的日子。But why is that? 为什么呢 ？Sometimes we can just look at the teach us to number our days. 有时候我们只是看这些日子。But there's a purpose here. 但是是有一个目的。Why is it? 
。为什么 ？That we could present to him that heart of wisdom。就是要叫我们得着智慧的心。We would be able to, we would have a heart of wisdom to be able to walk and to be a testimony unto him。我们有个智慧的心，好能够行走在他的面前，做他的见证。And the more we have that heart of wisdom, we cry out as the psalmist, "Do return, O Lord." 当我们有这样智慧的心的时候，我们也会像诗人这样呼喊说：“主啊，你转回。” We can know mentally about the Lord's coming. 我们在头脑里面可能能够知道主要回来。But has it impacted our hearts and lives of being ready for His return? 但是否真的影响我们的生命，让我们能够预备好了为着他的回来 ？He's jealous for us to have that same jealousy for His return. 为着他的回来，他自己有那个嫉邪的爱。Because in Him we would find ourselves, as it says in verse 14. 因为有时候我们看到我们自己在十四节当中。When we're numbering our days and when we're getting that heart of wisdom, we find a satisfaction in Him. 当我们数算自己的日子，当我们得着智慧的心，我们也就保得他的慈爱。There are not things in this world that really truly satisfy us. 因为在这世界上，其他的事情并不能使我们满足。They might bring a fleeting moment of of satisfaction. 可能有一些短暂的满足。But they fly away and vanish. 但是在虚空中，他们就飞走了。And then we have to find something else to satisfy. 然后我们又得找其他的东西来满足我们自己。Most of you know I've been a Yankees fan all my life. 许多人都知道我是洋基队的球迷。I was satisfied with them part of the year. 有些年年份我比较满意他们。All of a sudden, that satisfaction flew away. 但突然之间，这个满足感就都飞走了。And do you know what the Lord did to me over New Year's? 但是你知道主在新的一年中对我做了什么吗 ？He sent me to Houston, Texas. 他把我呃呃，他把我差遣到呃德克萨斯的休斯顿。For a Yankee fan to have to go serve in Houston， 啊，就是一个洋基的粉丝呃队的粉丝却要去 Houston。And they were all there with their guns loaded。啊，你知道那里的人他们都有带枪。Oh, the Lord has a wonderful sense of humor。在主有一个很奇妙的幽默。To keep things in perspective of what's really important。主就让我看见什么才是真正重要的。But I did remind them。但我也提醒。That the Yankees don't cheat. 就是洋基队他们并不会作弊。We might lose, but we don't cheat. 我们虽然这个洋基队会输球，但是我们不会。But we find the things of this world that they're just a partial satisfaction that fades away. 我们在这其中就看到世上的满足都是这样短暂消逝的。But in the Lord, there's a fulfilling satisfaction. 只有在主里面有那令人完全的满足。That abides forever. As it closes in verse 14, it says that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. So, 十四节说我们啊一生一世欢呼喜乐。It's interesting. Moses has it upon his heart when he writes this psalm. 这就是在摩西的心中，他当他写这首诗歌。Now, actually, this is the oldest psalm that's written. 可能这也是最古老的一篇诗篇。You know, Moses lived 400 or so years before David. 因为我们知道摩西是在大卫四百年之前。And this psalm was probably written at the end of his life. 也可能是，也很可能是在摩西的晚年他写的。He was about 120 years old. 他一百二十岁的时候。He's there with those in the wilderness, and they're getting ready to go in. 他与那些啊百姓在一起，在旷野之中准备要进入迦南。But even at the age of 120, Moses was still very alert. 即使在一百二十岁，摩西他还是非常的敏锐。In Deuteronomy it says his eyes were not dim and his vigor was not abated。呃，在生命记那里说他的眼目没有昏花
And I think that it's speaking far more than just physically. But spiritually, the vision he had, the, he saw purpose of God on why they were going into that land. It was still fresh to him. And his vigor and his zeal for God to accomplish his purpose was still upon his heart. And as he looked around at the people of God, he saw their condition. As he looked back, he saw great contrast. He saw the contrast of God's faithfulness. The Almighty One, who had been their home, their dwelling place for all generations. He had been the faithful one. He was the almighty one. He was the all-sufficient one. And then he looked around at the people of God. And he saw the frailty of man. He saw how this generation had come up short. And out of his burden for the people of God, he offers his prayer in this psalm. He wants them to be ready and to be equipped as they go into the promised land. He has a great burden for the next generation. This psalm is a great prayer for the next generation. That Moses, as he had learned the value of, of each day, He's praying that this next generation, those going into the promised land, those of us today, that each day would count for him, with that goal and view of having that heart of wisdom, that heart that knows God's purpose, a heart that knows God has an end in view, of seeing that it's not about us, but it's about Him. Moses had, had received this revelation from God. He had learned it through the years. God had a great purpose in his, for His people. And He was jealous that the people of God would be captured by this purpose. Because he knew when they went into that promised land, they were going to face a lot of challenges. And just as we see in the days we're living in, how can we be equipped for the days ahead? First, to have that heart that understands His purpose. If we don't have a goal set before us, if we don't see that there's a purpose in living, if we don't see that God has an end in view, the pressures of daily life can overwhelm us. And we end up just really seeing that, is it really worth it? And that's why I think this psalm is so, uh, maybe we could say it's appropriate as we start a new year. Every year we used to go through this cycle of starting a new year and looking forward to it. 
每一年开始，我们就有一个新的一个巡回，能够开始一个新的年。And所以，我们开始这新的一年。May we throughout the years, through I'm sure, through your sharing here and through conferences and books, we hear a lot about God's eternal purpose. About how Christ wants to transform us and conform us into His image. But do we really know what this is? We can talk about God's eternal purpose. We can hear a lot about it. But do we really know what it is experientially in our lives? Does it impact us? I know with them from my own experience. As I was starting to meet with the brothers and sisters in Richmond, I'd hear one share and I'd go to conferences and I'd hear people share about God's eternal purpose. Uh, you know, I didn't. I was wondering, what are they talking about? Yeah, I had a general concept of what it was, but it really wasn't capturing me. I kept, what, what is this thing? And then what encouraged me was out of the prophet Daniel. Now we know that God reveals so much to Daniel through the prophetic utterances. He showed Daniel what was going to happen at the end times. But I appreciated Daniel's humanity. Because in the last chapter of Daniel and Daniel 12, after the Lord has revealed to him so much of what's going to be happening, Daniel says, Lord, I hear, but I don't understand. And I felt like that. I hear all these things, but I don't understand. And what was God's answer to Daniel? Daniel, just continue on your way. Go on your way. Go on your way to the end. Just continue living and walking your daily life. And as, and as you continue on, you will understand more and more. I thank the Lord that Daniel's lack of understanding didn't hinder him from following the Lord and being faithful. In a similar way, when the Lord revealed Himself to Moses, Moses didn't fully understand what was going on. He had this, this, this sensing within that there was a great purpose God was doing. But as he walked through life, the Lord showed shine a light upon him brighter and brighter that he could see what was going on. 
He came into an understanding. Moses didn't let his lack of understanding hinder him from continuing to follow the Lord. So as we hear about certain teachings, you know, maybe we don't understand them fully at the time. But just let that word reside in your heart. And continue following the Lord. Be faithful of what He puts in your hands for this day. And then as we're following Him, day by day, we'll shine, that light will shine brighter and brighter. And you start to understand a little bit, oh, this is that. This is what they're talking about. And sometimes we can say, I don't understand it, so I'm just going to stop right here until I do. I can't understand what all these guys are talking about. They use such big words. Such religious words. I don't understand it. But just, just rest in Him. The Lord told Daniel to just just rest in me, abide, and continue on. And if we faithfully walk with him day by day, we will, we will gain that further, fuller understanding. We will see in Moses' life how he gained this understanding. In the book of Hebrews, it shares about Moses some of the decisions that he made. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. We'll read verses 24 to 26. Hebrews 11, 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. 法老女儿之子，他宁可和神的百姓同受苦害，也不愿暂时享受最终之乐。他看为基督受的凌辱比埃及的财物更宝贵，因他向往所要得的赏赐。Considering the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of the world，他看为基督所受的凌辱比埃及的财物更宝贵。He came to this point in his life，摩西到了他生命中的这个点。In Hebrews and in Acts, it says. He was about 40 years of age when he came to this choice. This point. He wasn't a naive youth. He wasn't just an impulsive decision. But he, Moses was a man of the world. He had great power. He had grown up in the palace. He, he was knew all of the worldly ways. He was educated all the learning of Egypt. Says he was mighty in words. He was a great military leader, mighty in deeds. He was at this point in his life, he literally had the whole world before him. But there was something within him that was grabbing him. 
We know that when, when Moses was a baby, we know the story of how they put him in the river in the little ark. Found by Pharaoh's daughter, and then they had they brought his, Moses' mother in to nurse him. And she was probably with him for about six or seven years. And during that time, she implanted the word of God in his heart. That word was there. And what was formed within him was what Brother T. Austin Sparks says. He had a sense of destiny in his heart. He didn't know what was ahead. But he had something within him that says there's something more that God wants from me. Do we have, even though we don't understand, do we have a sense of destiny in our hearts? I can remember in my early Christian walk, I didn't have any destiny in view. I was only looking at me. How can Mac make it through this day? How's Mac going to be able to make it through this university? It was very self-centered. As I continued on, I was introduced to more and more brothers and sisters. I was hearing something of God's purpose. I started noticing that my vision was getting beyond just myself. It was caring for ones in other places. And why was this? Because God was putting something in our hearts that there's some, there's more about life than just ourselves. We weren't here to glorify ourselves. To be monuments to ourselves. But he put us here to glorify him. And Moses had this sense of destiny within him. And so he 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 as he has this sense of destiny within him. He has a burden for the people of God who are getting ready to go into the land. And he's saying, Lord, teach them to number their days. And this teaching is not something natural. Even a child can count number days. One, two, three, four. But it's numbering it or else it means make each day count for him. God isn't interested in the quantity of days, but he's looking at the quality of our days. He's wanting the quality of our life to be a testimony to him. Because he's one that saved us with a purpose. And we see how Moses was such a heart for the people of God. He's praying for them to enter into the secret that he had entered into. He shows us one of the keys within his life. 
And that key within Moses' life, or one of the keys, was a teachableness. Moses had a teachable heart. Are we teachable? You know, it says in Numbers that Moses was the most humble of all the men upon the earth. And now many brothers, uh, including our brother Lance Lambert, they had another definition for being humble. So one that is humble is one that is teachable. Because they're not there being proud, I know it all. They have a dependence upon the Lord. To be to teach them everything of himself. Moses wasn't alone in this. David, we see David in the Psalms. He says, Lord, teach me your way, O Lord. That I can walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Have that one heart, a single heart toward him. And when you think about it as you come to the New Testament, what, how, what are we called in the New Testament? We're called disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a student. It's one who learns. We're, we're born into this body of Christ. To learn of Him. For Him to teach us His ways. And one of the greatest characteristics of the servants of God is a teachable heart. Do we have that teachable heart from him? Sometimes as we, we go along, we can kid ourselves and we can say, I'm too young to learn. I thank the Lord for a Samuel. At a young age, he had a teachable heart. I thank the Lord how sometimes as we get a little bit older, we can start to say, oh, I know this. Now, no, nobody here would ever do that. But if a brother sometimes starts to stand up and speak on consecration, most of us have probably heard at least a hundred sermons on consecration. So when someone starts to share on consecration, we say, oh, I got that. I checked my list off, and we just kind of tune out for about an hour. I've actually gotten where now when I share on consecration, I never use the word consecration. Because you see people's faces, they immediately tune you right out. You know, it's, it's a lot simpler to tune out when you have a mask on. You know, what's all these masks go away? It's going to be a little bit harder, but you can still learn how to do it. Tuning out comes so natural. But to really learn of him, they have to be a desire. There's a desire to learn. 
就是你心里有这个愿望要的学习，要学习。你有一个特别的课程你要拿，你要有一个特别的课程你要拿，你要有一个特别的课程你要拿，你要有一个特别的课程你要拿，你要有一个特别的课程你要拿，你要有一个特
But to Moses, there's more to it than that. It's knowing his heart of why he does it. That's why this is that gets back to the numbering of our days. It's a quality issue here. Teach me your ways. What we're really saying is, Lord, let me know your heart. Let me know your purpose. I want to enter in. I want to, I love you, Lord. And I want to see you really be able to fully be expressed through my life. Well, how did the Lord accomplish this in Moses' life? We know that we said Moses had learned all of the wisdom of Egypt. And then he came to this point in time where he made that choice. It said that how he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he chose rather to endure the ill treatment of the people of God. There was a, and when he made this choice, there was two aspects of it. There was a refusing or saying no to the world. And choosing saying yes to the Lord in His ways. Sometimes when we're faced with some evil thing or temptation, we can say no, we can refuse it. But are we saying yes to the Lord for Him to teach us His way in it? When Moses went through that refusing and choosing, it revolutionized his life. And he made that choice. It was a costly choice. He was giving up all those worldly pleasures. All the treasures of Egypt. His position and his prestige. He said no to all that. And yes to the reproaches of Christ. To endure ill treatment as his brethren were. And we know the story in Moses' life when he, he made that choice. But it didn't go quite like he expected. He went down one day to his brethren. And he saw an Egyptian uh, beating up on one of his brethren. And being the mighty man he was, he just killed him and buried him over here. So then he goes back to the next day. He thinks he's the deliverer of Israel. He thinks he's, he's, he's ready to deliver the people of God. But he gets down to, to among the people again. He sees two of the people of God fighting amongst each other. And they said, what, are you going to kill one of us also? And he realizes that what he's done has been made known. And he has to flee Egypt. And he heads out to that desert of Midian. 
It was a total disaster. Because it was done in his natural strength. It wasn't done in God's timing. It was done in Moses' way. Moses wasn't prepared at that moment to be the great deliverer for the people of God. He had to go into the desert to learn God's ways and God's timing. This is many of the servants of God, they, they go through a learning process. And it's important for us to know this. Because at times we can be serving. And we can be a complete failure. We think we're doing good. And we do something and we think we're helping people and we do more harm. We think if we do this, we think if we do this, people are gonna like us. They turn out disliking us. And if we don't understand this learning process, we will just we disqualify ourselves. I made too many mistakes, I can't go on, I'm just going to sit in this chair and sit here the rest of my life. But the greatest servants of God have made so many mistakes. Because this psalm was written by Moses. But how did he identify himself? He says, Moses, the man of God. He didn't say, Moses, the servant of God. Moses, the deliverer of God's people. Moses, the friend of God. He saw the frailty of man. He said, I'm just a man of God. Learning of him. This is where we see Moses becoming teachable. David went through the same thing. When David had become king, and he united all of Israel. They captured Jerusalem. All the people were there. These kingdoms were united and David was king over everything. And David says, Oh, I know the ark. The ark needs to come to Jerusalem. So he goes out, he goes out to get the ark. And remember the first time as he's bringing that ark back to Jerusalem. They put it on a cart. And that cart, it, they come to a point where the cart starts to tip over. And Uzzer reaches up to grab the ark that it doesn't fall off. God slays him. David gets offended. He's angry about this. And he leaves it there with Obi-Edom. Because David was learning a lesson also. As you look at God's will, in this learning process, God has a way that he wants to do things. David, it was the will of God for the ark to be in Jerusalem. But David did it his way, he didn't do it God's way. 
And David went back to Jerusalem. He he asked the Lord, the ark should be here. How does it come in? And we know later it was came in, was brought on the shoulders of the Levites back to Jerusalem. Brought in God's way. There's quite a lesson here. With both Moses and David. You know, our, our good intentions can do so much damage when they're out of God's will. Because in His will, there's also His way and His timing. So in order to learn this, Moses goes into the desert for 40 years. He's out there just taking care of sheep. They even say he's out in the back part of the desert. We don't know what he's thinking. It's silent during those 40 years. But all he was he had was the sheep. And I think he was still he had a relationship with God. And he had that desire to learn of him. And then one day, as he was just going through his normal daily routine of taking care of these sheep, he saw this burning bush. And that was it's quite common out there. At times the, the bushes would just ignite and go burn away. But this bush it wasn't consumed. And, and Moses stopped and he looks over at it. And this dried up old thorn bush is just it's not burning up. It's just burning. And then out of that bush he hears this voice. God calling him. He was calling him and giving, he was revealing to Moses his purpose. What was it? And Moses saw within this thorn bush such a beautiful picture of what God was after. Moses went into the desert. Moses went in as a cedar of Lebanon. Cedar of Lebanon. The, 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 the strongest of all the trees. If you were going to make something sturdy, you built it out of the cedar of Lebanon. He went into the desert as that cedar of Lebanon. He was able to deliver Israel. He came out as a dried up old thorn bush. What had God done during this time? When Moses was in Egypt, he had learned to be independent and self-confident, self-reliant. I can do anything. But before God could use him, he had to deal with this. He was unlearning all of his self-directed ways. He, he learned that God was the all-sufficient one. God was the one he could rely on. God was his new confidence. He, was, he came into a new life. 
他就来到了一个新的生命。那 Moses at that point he had all the wisdom of the world。当时摩西他有一切属世的智慧。Now let's be clear here。我们这里要讲明。That you know many of you are in school。我们许当中许多人在学校里。Universities you're studying and others are continuing their education。啊，你读大学甚至继续的深造。And that's good. We need we we need to learn from to be able to have our careers。这是好的，因为我们要能够做事。But let's call that our secondary wisdom. 但是我要说这是那第二的智慧。But what God is after, He's not asking us to throw all that out. 神要我们的不是我们要把这些智慧、这些学问都忘掉、扔掉。But He wants that secondary wisdom that maybe in our old life was the primary wisdom of life. 但是神愿意我们这个第二的智慧，或可以或者我们在我们老旧的生命觉中觉得这是最我们最重要的智慧。He wants that old primary wisdom to become secondary。他愿意我们在这个旧生命中这个首要的智慧成为次第二等的。To the primary wisdom of Him and His ways。因为神他自己的法则才要成为我们生命中最重要的智慧。Everything we're doing comes under His desire。我们所行的才能够在神的旨意之下。You know, we're learning things in this world. We're learning things through education. 我们在在世上学习一切的学问，有经过教育。Tragically, in the world today, we're taught too many wrong things. 但也很悲不幸的，世界其实教导我们很多错误的事。That's another topic. 这当然是另外一个主话题。But we need whatever we're doing. It has to come under His His wisdom for His purpose. 但是我们要注意，就是我们所行的一切都要在神的智慧底下。So that as we finish school and we get into our jobs, we're doing it to the, to the glory of God. 这样，当我们啊读毕从学校毕业要去做工，我们都是为了神的见证。Colossians says that we end up doing all things to the glory of God. 就像哥罗西书里面说，我们凡所行的都要荣耀神。Why do we marry certain people? 我们为什么啊结婚呢？ Is it because we want to marry this person? 是因为我们愿意娶或嫁这个人吗 ？Or do we see that together we can serve the purpose of God? 而或者是我们看到当彼此结合的时候，我们能够一同的服侍神的旨意。That's a tough choice in life. 这也是生命中一个很难的决定。But God can lead us into those perfect matches. 但是神能够带领我们进入这个完美的结合。He can lead us into those perfect educational choices. 神也能够带领我们在我们啊接受教育教育上的抉择，他也可以给我带领我们。He can lead us into those perfect careers. 他能够带领我们在工作职业的选择上。If we're simply desiring for to learn of Him. 如果我们有这个心愿，要从他那。There was as Moses went into that desert. 我们摩西进了旷野。And then when he came out, 但是当他出来的时候 ，We said he was a dried up old thorn bush. 我们说他是一个干枯的荆棘。But he had a fire of life within him. 但是在他的里面有生命的火。Or in New Testament terms, we would say he had a treasure in an earthen vessel. 啊，如果用新约的话讲，就是在瓦器里有宝贝。And that earthen vessel had been broken, and that fragrance of Christ was coming forth. 那瓦器已经破碎，有基督的馨香之气出来。He had a new life and a new master. 他有一个新的生命，他也有他生命新的主人。And this is how, as the Lord trained Moses. 这就是主如何来训练摩西。He's desiring to train us. 他也愿意来训练我们。And the vehicle that he uses to train us, many call it the school of Christ. 啊，他训练我们的方法，有许多人称之为基督的学校。As he teaches and trains us his ways. 他在其中教导我们他的法则。How does he How does he choose to teach us? 他是怎样来教导我们呢？ One thing, the the way the Lord teaches us in that school of Christ. Ah, 有一点在基督的学房里面，基基督教导我们。It's the very heart and essence of the prayer that Moses prayed. 
就是关乎摩西所祷告的。Teach us to number our days. 教导我们数算日子。Moses recognized the value of daily life. 摩西意识到，在每一天的生命当中有他的意义。And while the schools of this world only you only have five days a week, maybe. 啊，在如果你上学的话，你可能一周要上五天。And then you have certain hours of that day. 然后每一天你有几个小时。How about in the school of Christ? 但是在基督的学校里面呢 ？How many days a week are we in that? 我们一周有几天要上基督的学校呢 ？Is it one day when we gather here? 是只有一天我们主日来这里 ？Or maybe you could gather for prayer meeting or Bible study? 啊，或者你有当中周间你有去祷告会，有去查经 ？School of Christ is seven days a week. 基督的学校是一周七天的。How many hours a day? 那一天又是几个小时呢 ？Twenty-four hours a day. 是二十四个小时。Even when we're asleep. 即使我们睡觉的时候 ，He speaks to us. He can keep us. 他也能够保守我们，也能够向我们指教。为什么呢 ？Because when He looks down upon us， 因为当他向下观看我们的时候 ，We have our life fragmented between our our serving Him, serving the world, doing our jobs, doing school, and then our special time. 我们看到我们的生每一天的生命好像被分成一个个的碎片，这段时间是为着主，这段时间是在学校，这段时间是在工作，这段时间是做其他的。But He looks upon us as one life. 但是神看我们的时候，他是看我们一个生命。每一天都是为着他。Be a quality day for him. 是是否这一天能够向神有意义 ？When we're at work. 当我们在工作当中，是否我们所行的是为了神的荣耀 ？When we're eating our meals， 我们吃饭的时候 ，We're doing all of that to the glory of God。是否我们所行的能够荣耀他 ？You know, I, uh, many of you remember、um, there was a preacher in England named Charles Spurgeon。可能有人呃，很多人知道在英国的这个布道的这个施布真弟兄。And one of the now I'm just using this as an example, not as an endorsement. 啊、uh, ，我用这个是做一个例子，而不是说要赞扬。But one of the things that Spurgeon did every day in the evening, he would smoke a cigar. <笑>就是这个施布真弟兄每天晚上他都要抽一根烟。This was before all of the studies on the evils of tobacco. 啊，当然这是在这些我们如今说烟草是有害的这个这些研究之前。But one day one brother was saying, "Why do you smoke that cigar? Don't you know it's not good?" 那有一天，有一位弟兄就问施布真说：“你为什么在抽烟呢？你不知道这不好吗 ？”Spurgeon looked back at him. 那施布真就回回头看他。Said, "I smoke my cigar to the glory of God." <笑>他就在那说：“我抽这个烟是为了神的荣耀。” Remember the example. Don't practice that. But I was just trying to let you know this example. Not that you should do this. Everything we're doing. Is what I want to say is that we choose everything. The houses we choose to buy. Ah, or we buy a house. Are they for our pleasure? Are they for our pleasure? Are they for the glory of God? 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 And as we have a desire to be teachable, He will touch us in those things. 当我们有一个受教的心，神就会在这些事上指教我们。And He does this every day. 他每一天都如此行。You know, Moses realized how significant each day was, and this was why he prayed it. 所以摩西就意识到每一天生活的重要，也因此他如此祷告。But remember why he prayed it. 那为为什么如此祷告 ？That we could gain that heart of wisdom. 他又说是要得着智慧的心。That heart of knowing God's purpose and God's end. 就是要知道神的旨意，知道神在其中。That God is doing a great work of preparing a people to be that bride of Christ. 神在做一件伟大的事，就是要预备他们成为他的心腹。Moses was looking to that reward. 
We're looking forward to the Lord's coming. This is our motivation, our desire. And in the midst of the days we're living in, we can look up. And see what he's calling us to. But in reality, most of us don't value every day. We don't see the significance of daily life. Why is that? Because a lot of times we look upon it as just routine and boring, insignificant. So we fail to see the significance of the great work that God wants to do. He's calling us to be just Means and circumstances to teach us His ways. We don't like daily life because it's just so routine and mundane. But actually, if you look back at your life, most of our days are pretty routine. Actually, probably 90% of our days are fairly routine. And that's a, that's a great percentage of how we, we don't want to waste those days. But we want to learn of Him. And God actually shows us in the scripture from the very beginning how valuable each day is. And it's a matter of the what versus the why. We can go back to Genesis 1. And God created, he, he took six days and He created everything. And then He rested. Now, we can, all, we can see the what of what He did. But why did He do that? He wanted us to see that that's the way He works in life. He has a plan for each day. He works that day. He has a plan for the next day. He works that day. a plan for each of those days. He works for those days. why? Because he has an end in view. Because if you step back, God in His all-powerful nature, if He had wanted to, He could have created everything in one day. He could have, I have no doubt that if He had upon His heart to create everything, He could have done it one day. But we wouldn't have learned from that. He wants us to see the value of daily life. I'm learning from him every day. If you go on over in Genesis, you see that's how he even measures our days. If you read Genesis 5, it's one of those boring chapters where so and so lived so long and they died, then so and so lived, they beget this and they died. But how did he measure each one of their days? It says the days of his life. 
Like if Methuselah says the days of his life were 969 days. 969 years. It was the number of their days. When David and Job, when they died, it says that they died full of days. There's something by the grace of God that we've got to come into realizing the reality and the significance of every day we have. Every day is a great gift of Him. And when He creates every day, He makes every provision for us in that day. You go on into Exodus. And we know the story of the manna, how he created the manna, and they were to go out every day and get that manna. Now why was that? Because I know good and well, if God had wanted to, he could have created manna that would have lasted for a week. And he wouldn't have had to use any preservatives. He could have made it, it would have been all natural, it would have lasted a week. That's the what? He created manna every day. Why did he create manna every day? Because he wanted us to be dependent upon him every day for our daily bread. We need a substance that comes from Him that sustains us every day. Is this issue of daily life, is it too simple for us? But we see how He's calling us into that. And we're thankful how Moses, as he, he learned of the Lord, he goes back to Egypt with a new power and a new new victory. The, the power, the source of his power, the source of his words are coming from a different one, different source. He goes back, he says in Hebrews eleven twenty seven. It says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. This time he's not afraid of the king. For he endured by seeing him who was invisible. He had seen the one who was invisible and it captured his heart. And that word endures is what characterizes Moses with the 40 years in the wilderness after they came out of Egypt. The grumbling and the rebellion of all the people. And we're not, Moses saw the Lord quite often in the wilderness. But the most significant one that we remember is when he was on the mount. And God revealed to him, he gave him those Ten Commandments. He showed him that pattern for the tabernacle that God desired to dwell among man. God didn't hold back anything from Moses. He showed him the full heart of his, for his purpose. 
And Moses, he's trying, he has such a burden to convey this to the people of God as they're getting ready to go in. In New Testament terms, what the Lord showed Moses on the mount. He revealed to him the word of God in the testimony of Jesus. That living word, that's our daily bread. That testimony of Jesus. You can see it in Revelation 1, 17 and 18. In the testimony, I am the all-sufficient one. I am your life, Christ your life. And I am the victorious one. And the Lord was jealous that that very nature and character of himself would be lived out and expressed through the people of God. He wasn't just interested that it be lived out through Moses. But he had, God had a corporate expression that he was jealous for that to be lived out through. More than just the people of God, he, he desired that those that were with Moses, each one of them would express that to the world. And brothers and sisters, we have been brought into this same thing. When we have been born again, in addition to having our sins forgiven, being filled with the Spirit, His life, we're born into that body of Christ. We call it the church, the body of Christ, the family of God, the house of God. It's so magnificent that we have to use different phrases to explain the fullness of it. And then we only see in part. But why is that? Because God is jealous for his life to be expressed through that corporate vessel as a testimony. He's not just interested in individuals displaying it. Now that is important. But there's something far more he's jealous for. That there would be that corporate expression of his life. He always desires that. If you look at those churches in Revelation 2 and 3, he was looking for his life to be expressed through those, each of those churches. As, as we gather together, as we live together, God desires that that life be expressed not just on Sundays from 10 to 12, but he is desiring that that life would be expressed throughout the week, every day. When we speak of the Lord's return, how do we prepare? I remember Brother Kong had it so much on his heart. Be prepared. Are you ready? Sometimes we think to, to get ready for the Lord's coming, we have to do something special. I've got to do a special work for the Lord, an extra work for the Lord. 
I've got to have some special knowledge or some unique twist on Scripture. I've got to have a greater understanding of what he's after. A greater understanding of all the prophecies. Then I'll be ready for his return. Nothing could be further from the truth. All those things can be good if the Lord is leading you into it. But there's a simplicity in Christ that we've gotten away from. And he's simply desiring that we would live simply every day for him, being faithful right where we are. If you look at those ones in the New Testament that were ready for his coming, were they doing anything special? In one sense, they were. They were simply being faithful every day to what God had called them to do. And Elizabeth and Zacharias. He had been, they had been called to serve in the temple. They were faithful. He did that. Then they went home. Mary was serving faithfully in her house. That angel appeared to her. Joseph was a faithful carpenter. Anna and Simeon were just going through their daily routines. Those shepherds were just faithfully every day caring for sheep. That was what God, that, a, that's, we see beyond the what, you see the why of God was, that was so significant. They, they, they had a heart for him to come, but they were faithfully serving right where they were. One of the people that I appreciate in church history is John Wesley. And John Wesley, uh, he was a famous preacher in England. And it was, it was before the days of cars, so he had to ride a horse. And so he was at this one family's house one morning. And the, the sister who was preparing breakfast, she asked him a question. What do you know, what would you do if you knew the Lord was coming tonight? Or what, what, what would you do if you knew you were going to die tonight and be with the Lord? If somebody told you that, what would you do? We probably rearrange our whole day. What John Wesley did, he told that dear sister, he said, I would finish this wonderful breakfast. And then I would go down to the church and share my morning sermon. I would get on my horse and I'd ride to the next town. I would have lunch at sister so and so's place. I would share the I would we would have a time of prayer in the afternoon. I'd have my afternoon nap. 
I get up and I'd eat dinner. He was part Chinese. He didn't always got the food in. Then I would go and I would share the sermon for that night. I would come back to the house I'm staying in. I would go to sleep and wake up in glory. That's living a daily life every day unto Him. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord really impress upon our hearts the significance of every day. And that we would have a genuine prayer. Not just a phrase that we learned from Moses. That he would teach us to make each day count for him. As, as we start this year, we have no idea what's ahead of us. But we know if by His grace He teaches us to value each day. We will daily know of His abundant provision. And we will only be able to do that. Is if we have that desire to learn of Him, that we could gain that heart of wisdom. May we be teachable. May we be pliable. May we be like that clay in the potter's hand. Surrendering our desires. And desiring for His, His way. Bold us and make us after thy will. Knowing more and more of the great love that has captured us. With the desire within our hearts. That we could be those that are hastening his return. May the Lord teach us this time, these days. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you this morning, I know within my own self at times I can be so stubborn. Lord, I thank you for your patience with us. I thank you for the years of patience with me. But Lord, I pray in a very fresh way. You would teach us the value of each day. And that our hearts would be turned in a way that would really be teachable and pliable in your hands. That we could really be a people that are entering into your wisdom. Because we thank you, Lord, that you have been made unto us wisdom. We're thankful that wisdom is not a thing, but it's a person. And we want to know that person in a fuller and greater way. We want to be those that are captured by thy beauty. Putting aside everything else. And allowing us to lead us into a fuller and greater knowing of you and your ways. That that transforming work could work within our hearts. To be hastening your return. For your glory and for your honor. 
Thy name we pray. Amen. Amen.